Oi, meu nome é Irma Cornejo. O nome dela é Karina Reyes. E isso é another spooky podcast. <laughs> I took one semester of Brazilian What Portuguese up? e já me creio, wey. <laughs> Dude, that was so professional of you. Oh, wow. wow. Look at me learning something in college. Class? I did, actually. <laughs> I know, but I feel like you can talk more in Portuguese. So how about you tell us some other stuff? Irma? Oh, bitch. All right. Put me on the spot. Okay. 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 I know a couple sentences. Let me, <laughs> I've been practicing because I was like, you know what? One day I'm going to go to Brazil and I'm going to be able to get yes. around and like talk to all the locals and enjoy Brazil to its fullest. Love it. You know? Yeah. And so, okay. Yeah, so I know. If we ever get lost. <laughs> I'm counting on you, bro, Bitch. to get us through Oh, it. God. Yeah, Most okay. the directions and the location. <laughs> Let me tell you the other sentences that I know. Eu tenho 25 anos. Não sei como falar muito português. Você fala inglês? And then, oh, and then I know how to say. Uh, eu estudo microbiologia e universidade de... Uh, California State University, Chico, but I don't know how to say I graduated. I literally only know how to say I, I study microbiology. <laughs> no, never mind. so sorry to all the brazilian listeners i'm so sorry i can't speak portuguese but i try okay, It's okay. we're gonna learn one day <laughs> if you guys want to practice Dol with me hit me What up is it, dolingo yeah one day i'm gonna like speak this whole episode in portuguese and you guys are gonna be like holy shit she actually learned it it's like who is this Irma <laughs> i know they're gonna be like what okay i'm gonna i'm gonna get to that level of portuguese we're just gonna have a portuguese uh podcast karina yes oh my god and we're gonna go to brazil Mm. Mm. dude something about me is i love to eat guys and i'm not a picky <laughs> eater so i yeah. am down for anything Same. and i've been craving some brazilian food actually i've been really into ramen tambien mm, um, ramen is so good my brother really got me to sushi Ugh. and at first what do, you, what do you mean i don't like sushi bitch well what about you know what it doesn't like you either <laughs> We bitch. love all types of sushi. It, sushi is disgusting. No <gasps> offense to anyone that likes sushi. Oh my gosh. I feel like mm -hmm. fighting her. It's okay, guys. I'm going to fight her for you. I know you want to fight her. Whatever. <laughs> But yes, guys, for this episode, by the way, actually, let's introduce ourselves. We always forget mm -hmm. again. So, hey, guys, I am Karina Reyes. And I'm Irma Cornejo. To those who don't know Portuguese, we just translated everything right now. <laughs> no one really understands that other than our Brazilian True. listeners. Yes, this, this is for you guys. This episode is for the Brazilian listeners. Yes, we love. Thank you so much, by the way. This is another spooky podcast. And mm -hmm. um, we've had 
a few Brazilian listeners here mm-hmm. who have been sending us DMs. So thank you so much, especially to Rebecca, you sending us those DMs and those stories and all those cases really intrigued us into looking into Brazil further. And trust me, it was the best decision ever because I am highly anticipating this episode with Irma. Yeah, so shout out to you. Thank you for like commenting and sharing our podcast. Like, you're yes, really, really awesome. Appreciate it, girl. And honestly, when we got, I remember when I got her, her DM. I was in Trader Joe's, and I was like, Irma, go, go respond right now because I'm like in the <laughs> middle of the line. But go respond because I'm too excited right now. Yeah. And so we were really happy. So thank you again. Yes. You guys are really. We get really excited when you guys mm-hmm. send us in any stories experiences encounters we absolutely Mm -hmm. love reading it and just talking to you guys is awesome we are so grateful to have you guys and like karina said we're very happy that you guys even like message us to tell us you guys like our podcast like Mm -hmm. it's amazing so yeah thank you yes thank you guys so for this episode if you guys haven't noticed (laughs) on brazil so i know if you guys if you guys go back to our first episodes we did locations and just a lot of randomizing Mm -hmm. just where we're gonna talk about and we did kind of figure out a little structure as we went through with Mm -hmm. our podcasting but yeah we kind of just want to bring it back to the beginning a little bit for today Mm -hmm. and talk about Brazil and this case Irma is freaking crazy Oh my gosh, I'm excited. Okay, so this case, uh, Karina researched it. Um, and shout out to Rebecca again. She sent us so many links, amazing, helpful links. So she's amazing. But um, Karina did the research on this one, so I don't even know which case we're doing. Yeah, I'm really I was excited. really excited. I was really excited too. And I was like, you know what, Irma, let me just do it. Yeah. And <laughs> I'm really excited to see your reaction of the outcome of it. But... Mm-hmm. Let's get into it. For this special case, um, very, very crazy case, as you can't tell from my excitement, <laughs> is on Suzanne Louise Frayne von Vischkofran. Hopefully I'm pronouncing that right. I think that's a German last name. If I'm butchering that name, I'm very sorry. I Google translated it and I looked at different <laughs> interviews, but I feel like I'm not really getting it, even though I practice it. Apologize, guys. But Homegirl was born in Sao Paulo, Brazil. Suzanne is a daughter of a German engineer, Manfred Albert von Richthofen, and his wife, Marisa von Richthofen, a Brazilian of Nepalese descent. Her father was working as a director of the state company for highway development in Sao Paulo. Her mother was a psychiatrist. So they had really great jobs. They mm-hmm. had really great jobs. Suzanne has a younger brother, Andres, born in 1987. So Suzanne was the oldest of the of the pair of the siblings. So they're just two. Her father claimed to be the grandnephew of Manfred von Richthofen, a German war pilot of World War One, but this was disputed and they're not connected at any any like they're not related at all. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming it was a very well-known person. I'm not really sure. Mm-hmm. 
After graduating from the German high school, Suzanne studied law at Bonifica Universidad Católica. She was described as happy, but a little shy. Suzanne was known to have a good relationship with her parents and her brother. In the summer of 1999, she was practicing Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, and that's where she got to know Daniel Carivinho's de Paule e Silvia, who became her boyfriend and accomplice throughout this whole case. And she was known as a very shy person, but also very beautiful. Her beauty was very exquisite, um, blonde tall quote-unquote the perfect daughter and not only that but her parents were filthy rich must be and i'm talking about filthy rich like their estimate net worth is 1.5 million dollars god damn that is they're millionaires right so that's a lot of money yeah when i was researching and just like going through the interviews and stuff like that Mm -hmm. people would just gloss over it as filthy rich and then when i looked at their estimated net worth Mm -hmm. oh like they were millionaires they were were rich which Mm -hmm. keep that in mind guys they were filthy rich so throughout the romance that she had with her boyfriend her parents were okay with it in the beginning her parents Mm -hmm. were fine with it they trusted her but as time went on they noticed that Suzanne's boyfriend Daniel didn't really have a good reputation he didn't come from a really good neighborhood he smoked weed every single day he didn't have a job and compared to Suzanne who comes from a really high wealthy family Mm -hmm. you know prestigious family he had the great education etc it wasn't a good pair it wasn't something that their parents her parents agreed with and were satisfied with their daughter having that type of relationship with a man, which, you know, it's a little bit understandable just because mm-hmm. of where they come from. But yeah. Susan ended up coming up to her parents and asking for a flat, like a studio, a little apartment. And mm-hmm. her dad shut her down and said, hell no, like, we're not going to give you this flat. We're not going to support you if you're going to continue seeing this guy. So oh, they damn. were 100% not for the relationship. Suzanne was like, this is the guy that I like. This is mm-hmm. who I want to be with. Her parents were like, well, if you want to stay with him, go ahead. But it's not going to be with our money. You're going to have to start working. And if you want to move out, it's going to be with your own money. But it's not going to be because we are helping you out. And Damn. if you continue seeing him, we're going to cut you off from the inheritance and from your allowance because we disapprove. And they made it super clear that they were not for it. Damn, it's crazy because like that's usually when people latch out, like yeah. when you take away everything and they feel like they have nothing, you know, mm-hmm. and especially if they genuinely love this person or they feel like they love this person. She wasn't happy with the response that she got from her parents. She definitely mm-hmm. was not happy with how they responded to her relationship and she took it, you know, upon herself and her boyfriend at the time and the boyfriend's brother to do something about it so this is where we're going to the murder case and what exactly happened that night before all of this happened andres the younger brother of suzanne sneaked out of the house to go play with his friends at this cafe like an internet cafe where Mm -hmm. um, it's really it's one of those really well-known things yeah wait um this is random karina like and sorry to interrupt but i don't know if you remember this but you know in the city that we used to live or that you used to live and that Mm -hmm. i used to live did you ever go to the internet cafe that was there no (laughs) 
You never I went? The first, first time that I'm hearing about it. No, dude. The only thing that I really? would go to was like the library. And I would hang what? out there with my friends and like play yeah. with the computers and stuff like that. There was that. an internet cafe where there was like a room full of computers and you just like paid for a certain amount of time so you could use the internet. Or I think I know closet. what you're talking about. I just never went to that one. I didn't even know they had a cafe there. Mm-hmm. yeah you just reminded me of that but anyway it's a really famous thing like i know i go to mm-hmm. mexico and oaxaca and they always have like cafeterias that's what oh, they're called really? and i remember i got kicked out to, of one because i didn't know how to freaking use their computer and they kicked <laughs> me out because i was like fucking around with it oh I was my so god young, karina <laughs> yeah yeah, I used to go to them when I would go to Mexico and play my club penguin. Yeah, club penguin, y'all know what's up. I used to fuck with that, and I went to Mexico and I would log into my club, kind of chat with my friends and stuff like that. Came back to the U.S., my freaking account was hacked. So I hacked into it, changed the password. I can never, dude. I was so sad for like a whole month because someone hacked into my freaking club penguin. Damn! All I would do on those computers was just go on MySpace. Oh my gosh. I used to have a MySpace too, but I yeah. didn't know how to use it. Yeah, boo. It's because you're too young. Dude, I was a little too young, but I tried, dude. I tried to look up my crushes and stuff. <laughs> I would just follow bands because I was emo or whatever. Oh my gosh. Would you put like those songs on there? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Replay song. Um, I have no clue what the heck you're replay or some shit like that. I don't know. Oh my god. Okay, guys, you know what? I'll post that (laughs) song. It's called Replay, bro. Holy shit. Now I feel like playing that shit. (laughs) We had to take a moment to (laughs) dance. Yeah. I don't think I know that. Okay, but anyways, that song was popping. Still popping. Anyways, back to the story. (laughs) How did we go from I'm like, you want to see what songs we're playing oh, on my MySpace? Okay. No, no, you don't. Go on. My Chemical Romance page. My fucking Chemical Romance Green Day. Like, I bring love. me the horizon. Oh, like, I love. A Day to Remember. Yeah. I already know. All right. Anyways, go on. <laughs> so, um, that happened. Andres went to a cafe. So, he was there hanging out with his friends. And Suzanne was going to pick him up after, right? That was the little, um, what is it? Agreement that they had. Which was perfect for Suzanne. Because she already has some plans, some plans for the night. If you know what I'm talking about. That gave Suzanne a few hours to kind of just get everything together with her boyfriend and the boyfriend's brother. So, Daniel christian and she went back home as she came in she went upstairs to go check if her parents were asleep and they were she turned off the lights she made sure the alarm again was off she made sure everything was pretty much like set for them to come in and no neighbors no nothing we're gonna see anything out of the ordinary so the brothers went upstairs to the parents bedroom and hit them with an iron stick before strangling them with towels and get this after hitting the parents with the iron sticks they were still not dead after getting severely brain damaged and having you know very hard blows to the head they were still alive so they took it upon themselves to pretty much strangle them with the towels 
That's crazy. Even That's after brutal. Doing, yeah. Even through all of that, the dad was still not dead. So Daniel suffocated him. <gasps> no. With a bag, like a just like a plastic bag and that's how he ended up dying and the mom the mom was still alive after all of that even through the whole thing and drowned Mm -hmm. her literally drowned her with water and she ended up dying like torture very horrific very horrific Mm -hmm. so after all of that and quote-unquote them accomplishing killing Suzanne's parents Suzanne was waiting in the living room downstairs through all of this so she didn't even you know have like say anything like, yeah she didn't yeah, do she, anything yeah. wait wait hold on is this uh-huh. bitch gonna try to be like oh it wasn't me like I didn't do any of it well I don't know we'll see Ugh, I'm already pissed <laughs> so after the murder was accomplished the three of them they started planning and literally doing everything in action about like scattering newspapers everywhere and making sure it looked like someone broke in you know breaking Mm -hmm. certain things and just creating like a whole ass mess just to make it seem like yeah someone broke in the windows and all this shit happened right Mm -hmm. so because of the family is so filthy rich it gave Suzanne and Daniel and Christian a great motive to alibi or motive to say that if someone came in to rob us, right? A lot of money went missing from the safe, and even in euros, money went missing. So they ended up taking a shitload of fucking money. Now I wasn't able to find precisely the amount that was taken out, but mm-hmm. that was one of the things that they did. They did end up taking a lot of money, which is kind of stupid because mm-hmm. how they're going to trace really it back n- to them. Yeah, how would they? You know, how would a robber really know exactly where they keep their money? But yeah. That's stupid. Yeah. Wait, question. Um, did they like say that they were there when the robbery, quote unquote, robbery happened, or what? No, so, like right after that, they created a mess. They grabbed the money and they fucking dipped out. They left. Oh, okay. Suzanne and Daniel went to a motel, and Christian went to a fast food to go get food or some shit. Mm. So. Suzanne and Daniel went back to the motel to make it seem like they just weren't home, that they went to go do something else and they mm, just like an alibi, location, right? Yeah, like an alibi. Mm. And in the early morning, Suzanne and Daniel went to go pick up Andres, the little brother that stayed in the cafe. So he was just doing his thing with his friends, right? Kind of sneaking out. He was 15, so his parents wouldn't really let him out. But Suzanne, because she's the oldest, was taking quote-unquote care of him and so Suzanne picked up Andres and they went home and that's where they quote-unquote discovered the crime called the police right away and basically told them the story like oh yeah we weren't home Andres was at the cafe with his friends overnight I was at the motel with my boyfriend Daniel we don't know anything we just walked in and we saw this mess dude that's so fucked up though like how could she bring her brother into this like now her brother is gonna be traumatized after seeing that yeah i was actually when i was researching they did mention in an article that even though suzanne did and commit towards her parents the only person that she's 
seemed to care about was her younger brother Mm -hmm. and she didn't let him inside the room and she didn't let him anywhere near he was able to see what happened like the chaotic of the scene yeah but he didn't see the act like his actual parents like murdered if that makes sense yeah well that's good him yeah at least she didn't traumatize him too i mean she's gonna she traumatized him in the sense of like she still killed her yeah her parents but like at least he didn't have to see that mess that she Mm -hmm. had created you know Mm -hmm. so that's what happened and once investigators got to the scene they automatically doubted the whole crime they noticed (laughs) that things were just a little too perfected if that makes sense like Mm -hmm. the newspapers were scattered way too perfectly they left a gun they left um certain things Mm -hmm. lying around the house something that like a robber wouldn't forget right um you'll make sure that you took your gun with you you make sure you Mm -hmm. take um which by the way they didn't even use the gun they just it was just out there um Mm. they left phones (laughs) they left they're so stupid right right? (laughs) so it's like yeah you're about to get fucking caught Mm because you obviously don't know how to do shit right but good thing they did they did what they did in that sense of leaving their shit right like that they were sloppy good thing they're sloppy criminals yeah so the the cops were just automatically like no it had to be an insider (laughs) not just anyone not just anyone Mm -hmm. would come in and know how to one this alarm the alarm system that only certain people would know how to do that you need a code to do that (laughs) stupid right (laughs) idiot yeah and um how things are just so perfectly um like messy Mm -hmm. it just did not look right at any any point of this crime scene so they started questioning the people that were connected to this family we're talking about like um co-workers employees that work with them you know um Mm -hmm. family members the children just anyone that they knew that were close to this family they would they were interviewed because it obviously seemed like it wasn't an outside job Mm -hmm. it was an inside job so yeah they also noticed that Suzanne was a little too cool and calm throughout Mm -hmm. the whole investigation she was a little too laid back she was seen in the house's swimming pool with Daniel the day after the murder (gasps) yeah I just don't understand, like, how people can do something so brutal Mm -hmm. to someone that, like, they love. Or I guess they don't love, right? Because you wouldn't do this to someone you love. But, like, just do this to anyone in general and Mm -hmm. then just be completely cool and go back to living your Mm -hmm. life like nothing happened. Like, I just don't understand how someone can do that. Yeah, it was pretty bizarre to me, I think when I was researching and reading upon this crime story mm-hmm. um I did get a little frustrated and just angry like mm-hmm. the day after I mean obviously there's no there's no remorse or anything like that mm-hmm. or guilt obviously right yeah. um if you're over here doing things like that right after a freaking murder in your backyard basically in the house that your parents Mm -hmm. were just murdered in but so the day of the funeral of Suzanne's parents Suzanne turned 19 years old so she was pretty young 
hours after the funeral, she went to go celebrate her birthday with her friends and her boyfriend. Shut up. Yeah. That is like, so that, fucked that is, up. Right? And you know what? That's not sus at all. Like, not at all. Not sad at all. <laughs> I know. I right? I would have never known it was her. Yeah, like super obvious <laughs> that it wasn't her. Um, no mama. So the like... investigators were like, "Fuck no, that is a red flag. Mm-hmm. That is that is absolutely not something that a normal person would definitely do after one of their family. You know, their both parents. of their fam- parents, family members mm-hmm. were brutally murdered, mm-hmm. and yeah." That's so crazy. the investigators focused their attention on Suzanne and her boyfriend and began shadowing them. So they were on it and they knew what's up. The clue for the arrest came with Christian, the brother of Daniel, who had bought a motorcycle a few days later and paid cash in $100 bills. Oh, let me guess. It's the money that they fucking stole. Those yeah. fucking douchebags, dude. Right? Fuck that. I'm right. sorry. I'm sorry I'm getting so mad. In and cash, I'm bro. In freaking cash, bro. Ugh. Like, not even sus at all. And these investigators are probably like, these mm-hmm. freaking guys are broke-ass hoes. Like, they're like we know they can't money. afford it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, all of a sudden, that. they have the money for a motorcycle. So, a few days later, on October 9th, 2002, he was arrested. Yes. As well as his brother, Daniel and Susan. Yes, thank you. Who soon confessed to the murder. So right when they arrested her, in minutes, she just exposed everything. Like, yeah, that happened or this happened. Damn. Um, She didn't necessarily say I did it, but she did Mm -hmm. confess to the murder happening because of them three. And like her being involved. Right. Suzanne was released from prison in May 2005 when the Supreme Court of Justice granted her hubby's corpus. She was then awaited for trial in house arrest. (gasps) Dude, how long was she even like in jail for? Not even like like Um, three years, maybe? So it took her four years. What? So um, it took her four years to get that trial and to be actually like prisoned, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Yeah, it was a very, very quick crime that happened because mm-hmm. they right away were able to intensify in mm-hmm. this crime. It literally took like a week. It was a very short crime in them looking for like, you know, suspects and stuff like that. But let's talk about the motives, shall we? Yes. I'm just like kind of in shock that she didn't spend that much time in prison. I understand that obviously like every court system in different countries is very different and I can't judge it. But yeah. it's just like hard for me to process because they brutally killed and murdered like they brutally murdered her parents like yeah i feel like they're just barely gonna start going into Mm -hmm. the crime and actually kind of investigating i mean they were investigating but Mm -hmm. um she was in trial in house arrest so um it did take a few years for her to get to that point Mm -hmm. um so let's talk about the motives okay so Again, I really do want to repeat this again because it is one of the reasons why she fought this so much. Her, I mean, her lawyers persuade, trying to persuade the the court on this. So Suzanne's parents, who were first allowed, who first allowed the relationship with Daniel to go on, 
changed their opinion when they discovered that he used marijuana almost daily, right? This was not a good impression um, for the family and just not a good look in general. Also, his lower class background and his unwillingness to work or just attend school was their major disagreement with their relationship, which again, you know, um, thinking about it a little bit, if I had a child, you know, invested a lot like that mm-hmm. for their education, for their lives, just to benefit them in the future, it would frustrate me to know that, you know, if they would be in a type of situation. Now, I don't know about the zoning, but this family just happened to go to that extreme. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I feel like when you come from like a rich background and obviously I don't know that background but like when you come from that kind of lifestyle I feel like you also have to keep up that image you know like yeah at least for your family and keep up that like oh we're dating from a good family we're marrying into a good family we're continuing like the legacy of the money or whatever it's definitely like pressuring Mm -hmm. and um but still it doesn't give you a reason to go (laughs) yeah yeah i have a lot of pressure with my you know Mm -hmm. um just my parents trying to make it and stuff like that and And we would never even think about it that's not that's that's not it guys Mm -hmm. so that was the the main situation when it came to the parents and the disagreement to her relationship with daniel Mm -hmm. in july 2002 her parents were on vacation so Daniel moved in with the children for a month. They went out of town without her telling her parents if that was okay. Obviously, her parents would say, heck no, but mm-hmm, again, they, didn't they weren't there him. to see any of that. So, right. Mm-hmm. So that's when Suzanne suggested that her parents should buy her flax. She's like, well, you know, I'm already feeling like living with this guy. Serious relationship. I feel I'm in love. This is the guy I want to be with, et cetera, et cetera, right? Her Mm -hmm. parents, again, said no. Yeah. So she continued seeing Daniel secretly. She did not care whether they approved of it or not. And she didn't really care, right? Quote, unquote, her words that she was going to get cut off from her allowance and inheritance. Mm -hmm. She did not care. She continued seeing her boyfriend. And that was hot. Suzanne claimed that she did it all for love, for fear that Daniel would leave her if her parents were not killed. Because she, quote, unquote, looked at him as a god. She... Mm. you know saw him with that perspective and her lawyer said that Suzanne had no motive at all she came from a really good family she absolutely loved her family and her parents before even Daniel Mm. came into the picture she was a good daughter she went to a really nice university she had good grades she never had a situation like that ever happened in the past so why would it be a motive for her to kill her parents oh yeah but she was the one to open the door for him right but, but okay okay and so she forced the the crime on on daniel um and she specifically said that she was forced by daniel to commit mm. this all this stuff right see i felt this coming when you told me she was like just chilling like away and you know like i was yeah, like this dude. girl's really mm-hmm. gonna try this but she opened yeah. the door for him yeah. She just armed the alarm. Like, she knew so, what was going to happen. Mm-hmm. So that was definitely one of the quote-unquote motives that Suzanne's lawyers were able to present to the judge. 
Um, another part of the motive may have been that the parents' wealth estimated to be about $17 million, which Suzanne would inherit in case her parents Damn. were to die. Damn, that's a lot of money. Right? That can really be if a big motivator. Were, yeah. So just think about it this way. If her parents were not agreeing with her relationship with Daniel, right? Because he was obviously a bum and he didn't really have much going for himself mm-hmm. when she came from a really prestigious and rich family were to say to her right I'm gonna cut you off because I don't agree with this relationship I want something better for you and etc etc she doesn't feel like working she doesn't feel like gaining that money on her own and she doesn't feel that she wants to live a quote-unquote lesser life right than she Mm -hmm. currently lives I don't know about y'all but I think that's a really big motive to kill your parents if you're gonna inherit 17 million dollars from that that's right yeah that's that's 17 million motives right you're set obviously you don't have to work again i feel Mm -hmm. i shoot i think she wanted money she Mm -hmm. wanted that big amount of money she wanted to be with her boyfriend she did not want her parents around Mm -hmm. so i i kind of leaning against that one but i don't know about you guys let us know Mm -hmm. um so i agree yeah (laughs) As prosecutor Roberto Tardelli put it, Suzanne wanted to quote-unquote get her hands on the money and assets her parents had worked so hard to obtain. She wanted her freedom and independence without having to work for it. I absolutely agree with that. Mm -hmm. I think she really just wanted that money and to dip the fuck out. Mm -hmm. One, I don't even think she'd give a fuck about her parents. I just think she just wanted to live that wealthy life with a boyfriend or not she wanted that money on her own that's what i was gonna ask now that you mentioned that i was gonna say like do you think that he even mattered to her or do you think he was just like a ploy to get what she wanted i think that with or without him she was gonna do something evil now i don't know if it was gonna be to the extreme of killing her parents but Mm -hmm. i think that she was gonna do something like she was gonna do something for that money yeah and I just I just have a feeling she would have done something. Yeah, maybe she that, was like yeah. a puppet. Like or not yeah. the puppet, the puppet master and like mm-hmm. they were her puppets. Uh, like she yeah. used them to like do the crime so that way she wouldn't get as much time and like you know yeah. she could get off easy and or, play the victim. You know what? I was thinking that she knew that these guys come from a really bad neighborhood. Come from places where money was not obtained that way. So she saw an opportunity in him because he probably loved her and convinced him mm-hmm. to kill her parents so they can have a really great life, right? A beautiful life together. And I think that she would have either get rid of him the same way that she yeah. got rid of her parents, get rid of him or just break up with him and keep all that money for herself. That's crazy. I yeah. I agree. I and live the life that she always wanted to live, which that, is pretty much yeah. not having the criticism of her parents or who her parents choose for her to be with. Mm-hmm. Damn, I agree. I think I think she was trying to like live up that lavish lifestyle without working mm-hmm. for it. And like you said, I think her parents, in her view, were stopping her from being independent. Yeah, for sure. I highly think that's the case. I for sure think that she was the mastermind behind all of this. Yeah, so on trial, Daniel claimed that Suzanne was physically violated by her father, which she and her brother Andres 
denied yeah that's so that. fucked up like the dead <laughs> can't defend and so it was also claimed that the ritualven parents were alcoholics but the autopsy said that no alcohol was detected in their bodies so that was also proven wrong wrong exactly. wrong <laughs> so whatever daniel was trying to say about you know the family was all proven wrong was not even considered so on june 5th 2006 suzanne along with the brothers was put on trial in sao paulo for homicidio qualificado the equivalent of first degree murder in brazilian law the trial was delayed and finally started on july 17th on trial suzanne blamed daniel for everything and i'm talking about everything she denied everything um and the brothers claimed that they acted upon her desire which again kind of what i already assumed Mm-hmm. I feel like that was more of the truth than her part. Yeah. It was also said that during the trial, she looked really calm. Her demeanor was very, very hmm. calm. And I was looking at videos, YouTube videos, which I will link on our social medias. She was looking super calm, very chill. At one point, she was even laughing. Irma. During her like, trial? She, guys, Yes, guys. During her trial, she was even laughing at one that point. That is so rude. Very, very chill, very calm. Did not even give out that impression that she felt guilty for what was happening and what had happened with her parents, right? Yeah, dude, she was at the trial of her parents being murdered. Yeah. Brutally and- murdered, not just mm-hmm. murdered, like brutally tortured and murdered. And she's laughing? She's laughing, and the brothers were hysterically crying. Like, they yeah. were crying. They felt remorse. I mean, I mean, they More were than jealous, her. Right? Yeah, but definitely there were some sort of emotions there. She was just giving nothing. That's Not even crazy. faking it. it Maybe she, she thought she was like, oh, I'm going to get away with this, so who cares? Like, yep. maybe she had that, like, idea. I hope, I hope it's not true, though. I don't know, but... Roberto Tardelli called for 50 years of imprisonment for each of the three defendants. She was described as personification of the evil blonde. Mm-hmm. I described that as well. <laughs> so yep. on July 22, 2006, Suzanne was sentenced to 40 years in prison for the crime. Daniel got the same sentence and his brother Christian was sentenced to 38 years of conspiracy. As of <gasps> April 2007, she is in custody in the women's prison outside of Sao Paulo. Damn. So when she gets released, she's going to be like, what, 60? Yeah, so... um, 60 something? Yeah. I so can't do got, math. She got released because of good behavior, by the way. <gasps> <laughs> That's not 40 years yeah well i guess um the brazilian justice system. court justice system yeah but we see that a lot here too yeah where like a lot yeah. of people get like released for oh yeah dude quote unquote good here, behavior i mean here it's like you rich boy you, you don't, don't even get trial, trial. yeah <laughs> you <laughs> get a slap in the wrist so mm-hmm. i just That's don't true. agree with prison systems either way i feel like they're just bs most of the time Mm -hmm. and you hear situations like these where you're just like yeah that's a slap in the wrist but Mm -hmm. um you see that here too there's that case where Lori laughlin right 
I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right, about the mom who's very famous mom from Full House. She, her husband and her, I'm sorry, her husband and her did the whole university college scandal with their mm-hmm. daughters about USC. The worst shit ever when it comes to like college because there's a lot of people that don't end up going to those prestigious college because of whatever reason right because they don't have good enough grades they don't have enough money to afford it homegirl literally faked everything to get her daughters in there and honestly got a freaking slap on the wrist something that if i guess you know a more um not rich and wealthy person as her would have gotten freaking 50 years in prison probably Mm -hmm. more so it happens everywhere dude a lot of such a bs thing yeah, there's a lot of people of color who get in trouble for a lot less crimes yep. um, compared and to just, that. Uh, prison systems pisses me off. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> yeah. But that's another topic. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So um, let's look into the Brazilians' public attention that they... The case generated significant media attention in Brazil due to the stark contrast between the brutal crime and the personality of the daughter. They were very, very intrigued about the daughter. And obviously, I mean, who wouldn't, right? Such a crazy story just to begin with. Yeah. Um, well, the brothers fitted the scheme of the uneducated, unemployed, drug addict killers, right? Um, that stereotypical thing. This was not true for Suzanne. So she was very pretty blonde girl from an upper middle class family, right? Quote unquote. But they were filthy rich. I don't even think that's considered upper middle class. I think that's (laughs) filthy rich, like millionaires. Well behaved, always doing well at school, speaking three foreign languages and just doing ballet. And the contrast between her upbringing and the cruelty of the crime shocked the country it did not make sense people just did not know why the fuck she would do something like that when she really had it all Mm -hmm. and i think about it that too like girl you really had it all and you blew it yeah because you wanted more and for what what was Mm -hmm. the reason what is the reason oh my god i'm so happy you know that I always do that and no one understands what I'm doing. Sorry. Bitch, what the fuck? I want to know. <laughs> what is the reason? What was that reason? Seriously, dude, I'm going to post that TikTok and I'm going to be like, what was that reason? I do not understand how this girl really literally fumbled the bag. She had it all, dude. Yeah. Shit. Just to I'm- be more selfish. Like, literally, that's what it was. spoiled, bro. Come- no man would be even in the picture. <laughs> I was getting taken care of. I didn't need to do shit. And, and then like, you see those bags under my eyes? <laughs> I am not being taken care of. <laughs> Bro, I just worked over a 10 hour shift. Like, ah. yeah. Do you, do you see the strain in my eye? <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> you know, homegirl out here blowing it. What a dumbass. So, for selfish reasons. <sighs> selfish. She literally had it all and wanted mm-hmm. more not sa- i don't know it, i don't know if it's satisfaction was not met i don't know if she just wanted to do something evil out of the fuck of it out of simulation maybe she just had such a perfect life that she wanted something that was unperfect yeah i don't know some people are just crazy like that you know yeah, maybe she was just fucked up in the head because oh yeah a fucked up thing to do like oh yeah 
I absolutely agree. So as a discussion emerged in the Brazilian public about the worth of her family values and the effects of education, the question as to whether Suzanne was an was the evil mind behind the crime or was it just really Daniel's tool of manipulation was also heavily discussed. So the public was really split up on this one. The public was really like, well, maybe Suzanne was really manipulative, et cetera, et cetera. The motive is probably there, but just not strong enough, right? Mm -hmm. And it just makes sense that Daniel's persuasion or manipulation would get to her. Very naive girl, very innocent, very perfect girl. That was a story that a lot of people did kind of see into. But listen to this, Irma. Many people who were initially on Suzanne's side changed their opinion when a TV interview with her was shown. Before the interview, when the cameras were already on, she was instructed for the interview by her lawyers. He told her to cry out loud during the broadcast to create public sympathy. In the outcome, however, the interview was a major blast of credibility. In court, Suzanne still was very cool while the brothers were crying most of the time, which I did emphasize on that earlier. Mm-hmm. On one occasion, again, she even started laughing. So I'm sorry, but like evil doesn't come in like a specific way. Yeah, they try to stress it out as her being evil, which I that's I, horrific i think that she's has, evil yeah dude and you know what when i was going through like interviews again and just looking at all these videos because i was like mm-hmm. holy shit um i noticed that she would wear very innocent clothing such a weird th- um i know right now it's like the fashion to wear like youth clothing if you know what i mean i don't know if you've seen those type of like fashion videos right now going around but kind of like similar to what she would wear um I remember in one interview, she had a, a Powerpuff Girls shirt. Oh, she was, like, make, trying to play that up. Yeah, dude. Like, she had, like, little... Um, okay. I remember when I was little, my mom would put little, like, clips. Butterfly yes, clips. Yes, I love you those. Know, yeah, those so in the cute. hair. Whenever doing, like, your little chonguitos or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so <laughs> she cute. She had those. Yeah, she had, like, little, um like, braids. And she had little butterfly clips to make it look like she's mm-hmm. very innocent. To give off that image that she's very innocent that she would never do something like this hmm. that I is so that. freaking crazy which yeah. i feel like talking about it in my class too because we're doing kind of like pr and like advertising mm-hmm. and things i know this is completely different but we talk about how like the image can be portrayed to the audience and yeah. i feel like i want to bring this up because it's very interesting how yeah. you can be um you can dress up to give that perception of innocent of um being childlike quote-unquote right yeah, Freaking but, crazy. but I mean, that's like the power of perception, like kind of like how you were talking, like it's all PR, like you have mm-hmm. like, you know how sometimes they make criminals show up to court in their orange jumpsuits mm-hmm. and it's like, oh, they're a criminal, like automatically there's a bias towards that person, like, oh, yeah, they're criminals because they're dressed like that. And like, I think that's why they make them like dress up and they have to wear a suit and tie like into court, like they have to look professional. So that way there's not that automatic bias. Yeah. You know? yeah, and I feel like her PR team was like working on the innocent yeah. vibe. Like yeah, you were definitely. Saying. Mm-hmm. Definitely they were trying to give that impression. Did not fucking work and for good reasons too. Mm-hmm. So if you guys kind of want to know a little bit more about what happened to her after, this is pretty much going to sum it up. But Suzanne got married to an inmate. 
And what? get this. <laughs> so the inmate was very, very famous, apparently. Um, her name was Sandra, aka Big Sandra. I don't know her case. I should have really looked into this, but if you guys know, you guys know. And she was considered popular in the prison mm-hmm. so something very vital to survive in some brazilian prisons right so i guess my kind of makes sense for protection and you know all that stuff mm-hmm. um so she ended up marrying her and just after big sandra got out of prison she divorced her so suzanne's divorced big sandra because she was not valuable to sandra anymore damn that just proves our point right Hong- she this girl was not even didn't give a fuck about anyone just for her. she just cared about herself pretty mm-hmm. much she was trying to protect herself yeah she only cared she only catered to herself and for herself um suzanne is now engaged to a guy get this he's a brother of one of her inmates she is now allowed to leave the prison so at the time she was allowed to leave the prison on special dates aka mother's day and father's day and she needed a permit, permanent address to do it. So she needed just like a permanent address. And she found that permanent address in this guy. So she ended up marrying him because of that reason. That- so, so if you haven't noticed yet, she uses people as objects. Mm-hmm. And she uses for her own convenience yeah. and benefits oh. to get what she wants. So that's what makes me think that daniel was literally an object to her she was using him as a um ploy to kill her parents (gasps) that's crazy apparently also on a few good note when it comes to this case is that her brother andres ended up suing her yes which he ended up winning she was broke and with nothing which mm-hmm. I am over the moon about that because that bitch did not deserve anything mm-hmm. to begin with. Andres graduated from a very prestigious university and was doing okay. So he was doing okay. He got his PhD. He's got wow. his master's Smart. in pharmacy and microbiology too. Hey, shout out. Yeah. <laughs> so he was doing good. He was doing good. He didn't really talk about the crime to the public after that. Um, mm-hmm. He lived a really low-key life which good right makes sense but mm. kind of where my heart kind of drops um when he heard about his sister being released from prison um on good behavior he didn't take it so so good and he freaked out that she would come after him and for the money because he did end up suing her mm-hmm. and he felt confident that she was going to stay in prison for the rest of her life So the moment that he heard that she came out, he obviously freaked out, unfortunately turned into drugs, and he suffered a lot of breakdowns because of that, and Mm -hmm. he wandered the streets. He actually was arrested because he tried to invade a stranger's home and was caught. He was very disorientated, um, obviously on drugs dirty and just you know Mm -hmm. not in a good state um and he is currently living with his grandparents the murder of his parents definitely yeah traumatized him left him with a deep scar he pretty much lost his parents 
his sister that he looked up to and that he considered like someone that was going to be there mm -hmm. to guide him through life and I think sadly enough I think that when Suzanne did that to her parents mm -hmm. she also killed part of her brother as well yeah I agree that's so sad so I'm so sorry for Andres yeah. yeah very very sad that mm -hmm. definitely him finding out that his sister was going to be released really triggered that in him and mm -hmm. I hope that he's in a better place in mm -hmm. just mentally physically and that he's receiving the help that he deserves and he, yeah. hopefully he's getting all of that resources that's kind of all that I really got from him right now mm -hmm. and that she is she's a piece <laughs> of shit but... fucking bitch right apparently she was going to be enrolled in school not really that's kind of all mm -hmm. i really got from like right right now that she was going to start school but again i just rumors i'm not really sure if that's correct or not i feel like karina and i have really close a close relationship with our parents mm -hmm. and we feel so bonded to them and honestly coming from a first generation family yeah excuse me like having parents who came to this country and they honestly don't know that language very well like we have to do a lot for them and yeah. it's not it's not a burden to us like we love helping them out so i can't even imagine like hurting them in any way because literally yeah. i feel like karina and i work towards helping them you know and like yeah helping them succeed helping them right. get to whatever they need like karina said like their vaccine like you know like we want them to be happy healthy yeah basically trying to simplify their lives mm -hmm. and try to make it as easy as we possibly can and we hear stories like these where mm -hmm. um you know parents do a lot for their kids and mm -hmm. in this situation i really think that their parents had her parents had the best her best interests to heart right mm -hmm. um it was from brazil so again thank Shout you so out. much to our brazilian listeners we really appreciate it we love y'all so much thank and you to so rebecca much. yes rebecca thank you so much for this case the suggestion mm -hmm. i will definitely be looking into more crime cases from brazil yes thank you guys for listening um hit us up on our socials on instagram at another spooky podcast on twitter at a spooky podcast and send us a gmail with all your suggestions and anything that you want to tell us any feedback at a spooky podcast at gmail.com yes Yay, i actually got it right this time hey <laughs> we're finally getting the hang I of know. it but yes guys thank you so much for listening to us make sure to give us a rating on apple podcast follow mm -hmm. us and subscribe to us on spotify and youtube which again we're working really hard to get that up we're just kind of figuring out our schedules and stuff like that and yeah guys hopefully you guys enjoy this episode and we love you and we'll yep. see you guys next week yes yeah, see you guys what are you because we're not really seeing them well be talking to y'all next uh, week there you go okay yeah so we're gonna be talking to you guys next week stay safe y'all bye, bye.